Are you ready to live the all-in life? Then welcome to the All-In Podcast Show, sharing the defining moments of impact-driven entrepreneurs, industry pioneers, and transformative leaders as they showcase their defining moments and went all-in on their business and found true success. From the early steps in their journey to the moment they truly took their commitment to their life and business to another level, we'll give you the insight you need to go all-in on your dream life. Now here's your host, Daniel Giordano. Welcome everyone to the All In Podcast Show. Um, today I have a special guest, Peter Cimarroni. I'm uh, privileged to you know get to share his story with you, and excited to hear uh, from him and what he's got to share with the world today. So welcome to the show, Peter. Daniel, thank you so much for having me on, and I look forward to this. Uh, I was looking forward to this all morning. Awesome. So I'm excited to have you here, and um, you know I always like to uh, kind of hear a little backstory of like you know where you grew up, you know where you came from. Sure. Yeah, I was raised in the east side of Cleveland, a little community called Beachwood. Interesting community. Um, when I was raised there and I graduated, it was a uh, heavily Jewish community. Uh, my graduating class was 90% Jewish. And so I had the opposite uh, experience that Howard Stern did, <laughs> who, who, who was, a, 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 you know, like the only Jew in an in a African-American community. Uh, but it was a great community to grow up because it was highly educated, uh, very um, affluent and really there was a lot of a lot of lessons learned uh, during that time that have taken me through uh, my career. But more importantly, I had the opportunity twice to be the head wrestling coach at my alma mater at Beachwood and have made some incredible relationships that are lifelong that led me to my podcast, Blood Time, and have interviewed a number of the guys that I coach from Beachwood. Awesome. All right. So, so when, uh, when you decided to uh, you know, make that transition into what you do for a living today, right? So obviously right. there's many things you have your hands in being, it seems like you're a serial entrepreneur. Yes. Right. right. Yes. Um, so what, what was the first thing you started that you, that you, uh, you know, once you get out of high school, college? and Yeah, on? I graduated from John Carroll University, which is right down the road to University Heights, Ohio, uh, with a master's in history in the early 80s. And, uh, you know, there's not much to do with that. Plus the 80s uh, during that time, highly competitive. The, the year I graduated college was the biggest graduation class in the history of our country. And there was no jobs. Uh, we were coming out of the Carter administration, which was brutal uh, for the economy. And so I just took a job selling airtime at a radio station and uh, found a, a niche there, learned that industry uh, got into TV sales and management. And then in 1986, on uh, September 11th, so my first <laughs> September 11th wasn't good, 1986, the TV station I was working for as a local sales manager was sold to Home Shopping Network and everybody was canned. Uh, in, uh, unceremoniously, without pay, uh, I went from making six figures at the time in the mid 80s as a young man, 29 years old with a baby on the way to nothing. Um, overnight. And so the, the only the only thing that they let us do is use the office for a, a month or so to uh, basically find a job or start a business. And I started my first ad agency then and grew that uh, quite uh, rapidly and sold it in 1991. So from 86 to 91, I, I uh, grew a very, um, it was called the advertising agency. And we, we uh, specialize in retail and uh, automotive. And uh, we did quite well. Awesome. 
Right. And then from there, you know, you've gone into many different things. I know we touched on some of this pre pre interview here. Um, you know, mm -hmm. what, what were some things that led you down the path and, and to where you're at today? Yeah, we ended up, um, uh, I went out, went to work for a company for about five years. Um, one that bought me and then another one that, um, uh, I went to college with the CEO. And during that time, my brother-in-law and I, and my sister invented a product called cough pops, cough drop on a stick. Mm -hmm. And we took that from the, from their kitchen table, uh, Dr. Jim Guerreri and my sister, Carla Guerreri, uh, to international distribution. We were in all 50 states, Canada, Mexico, the Middle East, Israel. And um, it was in every big box, Walgreens, Walmart, Target, CVS, you name it. Uh, we actually created the SKU and we sold that in 06 for a nice chunk of dough. And we took that same methodology of building a company, you know, building a brand from nothing to international distribution. I mean, we were on every cover of magazines and newspapers and the internet started obviously back in the nineties and we were, we had a website and we were selling e-commerce, but uh, we took that same methodology to a number of clients throughout the marketplace, Northeast Ohio, the Midwest, and even nationally and uh, grew a lot of companies. And uh, then in the, when the crash came, uh, after I sold the company and then the crash came, we really morphed into a best practices company, Daniel. And so now what we do is we go in and we triage companies and find out what's right with them, what's wrong with them, where do they wanna be and why, and how, how fast they wanna be there. And so typically we put together a strategic plan after that deep dive, after that triage, and then we quarterback that with a number of our vendor partners, uh, whether it's top line growth, line item efficiency, EBITDA growth, valuation growth, uh, acquisition, or getting them ready to be acquired. So we really help them with either organic growth, acquisition and organic growth, line item efficiency, or uh, getting them ready to be acquired. And that's what we do today. And uh, so was there, was there a defining moment for you? Like what I like to call an all-in moment, like where any time throughout your career where you just knew that this was the thing you're, you're you know, called to do or the thing that you're doing? Yeah, you know, it, what it was, was when I, I, owned, I owned nine businesses and six I've succeeded and three I failed, the, the failures are where I learned most of the lessons and you fail forward. And I realized what not to do. And so I wanted to bring that to other entrepreneurs and other companies that were struggling with what not to do so that they didn't have to make the same mistakes I did. And I could help them get to that next, you know, get to their why, get right. to where they want to be and why. And so with that, I created this best practices company. And really, it's been beautiful because we show them things that they never even knew existed. Like one of our lead best practices, we show companies how to monetize. Think about this monetize their accounts payable. So we show companies how to make money by paying their bills. And it's a beautiful relationship we have with a company called Comdata. They are our partners in this and they're terrific. And we, we go in and we show companies how to find money. And so that's one of our lead best practices and it's been highly effective. And the beauty of that too, Daniel, is we saw the digitization and the, and the uh, commoditization of marketing. So we didn't want to really be in that space. We, what we wanted to do was create residual income and with companies like Comdata, we are doing so. So we're, we're really ledger, leveraging our, bit of, uh, our ability to get into the C-suite 
show them these products and then just at, you know basically it's a one-time opportunity for us and then we get a residual income based on their use of that best practices for a very long tail awesome. yeah so so you mentioned uh, a couple things there one was around the three failures right so i'd like you to share like you know what what went on like you know with those failures that you recognized right and share what that was like for you because i I think a lot of times people think that, you know, you, they see the successful businesses and they, they think it just is like this, yeah. right? And in reality, there's a lot of ups and downs to get there, right? And and occasionally some don't make it. So I'd like to hear some of your, you know, insights around the failures that you did have. Sure. Well, the, uh, one of the failures was not knowing how to get residual income. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, constantly reinventing the wheel and putting so much energy and so much time into little compensation and a lot of people do that mm -hmm. and so what we showed what we showed ourselves is how to be more profitable but more importantly how to leverage our relationships and our time right. so that instead of making one plus one equals two it's one times one times one times one two times two times two equals 64 and 144 and, and so it's the exponential progression but also to not paying attention to your line items. That's some of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs and mid-market companies do, or not even knowing that these things exist. Mm -hmm. So not reviewing every line item to be as efficient and profitable as possible because top line growth does not equal valuation growth. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people fall in love or get seduced by top line growth. I'm a big EBITDA guy. I'm a big valuation guy because ultimately those efficiencies, those ways of making sure that if you're going to be acquired, that the acquisition partner really knows what that they, that knows that you know what you're doing is by taking a hard look at those line items and bringing in the best uh, purveyors that you can. Awesome. And so in those, uh, in the times when you did have those failures, right, were there any dark moments where you didn't see a way out or, or you just kind of plowed through? You know, it's interesting. I'm a wrestling coach. I wrestle. And one of the biggest things about wrestling is that you have to find solutions. Uh, and sometimes they got to be on the fly because you're in combat. And so I'm a big solution guy. And really after the crash in 2008 um I, I i reinvented not only myself but also helped other companies reinvent themselves and so we took those brutalities if you will and realized that there's opportunities in those brutalities but it's upon how you perceive it and then what you do with it because even in a down market, obviously you're seeing this now, right now with GameStop and some of the things that are happening with the democratization of our, uh, of our Wall Street friends, um, you're looking at opportunities. Uh, I mean, when the crash hit again in, in March with COVID hitting, right? There was opportunities to, you know, it, sadly you could short an airline stock. You could short a cruise line stock, you could short a, you know, McDonald's, uh, Disney. Uh, so, so even in 
even in uh, uh, the darkest of days, you can find opportunities. Now, I'm not saying that that should be your, your modus operandi, but you should also look for companies that will help you get better, faster, stronger, smarter, as soon as you can. I know sometimes it's hard when you faced, you know, the abyss, but an entrepreneur has got to suck it up and say, what do I need to do today to get better, smarter, stronger, faster? And it's about attitude because if you think you're going to win, you're going to win. And that's really where, I, um, where the rubber meets the road for me. Awesome. Love it. You know, cause you know, sometimes, you know, you get people, you know, including myself going through 2008, like there was a period of time where I went through a darkness that was like, you know, yeah. how do I, you know, I know there's a way out. I just don't see it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, but I chose, you know, to stay there a little longer than most. Right. <laughs> so, okay. right. So, okay. so it wasn't probably wasn't as quick to get out, but you know, eventually figured it out. Right. Um, yeah. So. yeah. We all do. Well, you either survive or, or guess what? The ground is waiting for us all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So as long as I'm above ground, I'm digging it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like we open our eyes and we're healthy. We can walk, we can see. You know, there's a lot to be thankful for. So indeed. Well said. Awesome. So um, so tell me about some things that like, you know, what are you, what are some of the uh, projects or you know businesses you're involved in with today that that um you know things you're passionate about, things that drive you? Sure. Well, you know, the best practices is one of the biggest things we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. uh, with the triage of the companies and really going in and finding out what, how we can really help them get to their vision. So we really want to marry that vision together. So that's really our, 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 one of our main focuses, but my passion project that's actually being monetized and it, it really was monetized off the get-go is a podcast that I'm doing called Blood Time. Mm -hmm. And it's a um, podcast uh, between the athlete and the coach. And that blood time moment when they become family, the athlete is transformed, the athlete is inspired, not necessarily to do great things in the sport world, although there's tremendous, uh, tremendous stories about that. It's about what they do in the real world. Because 99.9% .9 of athletes never sniff a nickel <laughs> from their chosen sport, particularly my chosen sport, wrestling. It's not a very lucrative sport unless you go into MMA. But having said that, there are so many incredibly successful athletes out there in the real world doing magnificent things. I have one of my dearest friends um, who uh, was not only a guy I coached, but also was one of my assistant coaches who 22 years ago was blessed with a severely autistic son and they had nowhere to go. So he and his wife created, literally created Autism Speaks. And he says in the interview, the wrestling room prepared me for what I had to do. And think about that, right? So he has not only helped, and he and his wife not only helped numerous people and numerous families, but have created things that, that didn't exist before that were so positive and so, so elegant, if you will. And so that's what really blood time's about. So that's those stories, those remarkable individuals and their transformative stories. I, I am blessed to be able to get to the marketplace such as you, Daniel. Right. That's great. Yep. Yeah. So with, with, um, the passion that you have for the, you know, the wrestling world, I mean, you mentioned something there, I thought was kind of funny around, 
never, you know, most people never make a nickel in that, in that chosen sport. Right. Right. Um, you know, unless it's MMA or, or, you know, I was thinking WWF, right. It's like, yeah, but that's, that's a little different. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> that's that's, a little different. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like a bunch of stuntmen doing their thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't yeah. see any real wrestling in that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm sure, sure. Some have transitioned, but you know, who knows, right. Might be well, some. yeah. Kurt, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle was an Olympic champion. Mm-hmm. He was a two-time NCAA champion and he mm-hmm. was a world champion in that sport. Uh, and there's a few others, Brock Lesnar. I don't know if you know that name, Brock Lesnar, but he was a world champion in MMA as well as uh, uh, professional wrestling. So there's a few that do that, but they don't bring the real wrestling skills per se. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's just entertainment. It's not even considered a sport. It's considered entertainment. So, yeah. Right. You know. Definitely. <laughs> right. Right. So, I totally agree. Those are, those are very, very, very few, few of us. Most of us toil in, uh, in poverty, if you will, when it comes to our sport, so right, that's funny. Yeah. So, is there a um, routine that you would like to share with people that that works for you? You know, and how you prepare yourself for your day or your week, or you know, what you're going after each and every day as an entrepreneur? Well, one of the things that I do once a month is I fast for forty eight hours, mm-hmm. and it resets me. Uh, it also gives me an opportunity to dive into my ability to sacrifice and get clarity and then come back with a renewed sense of vigor and commitment. Uh, every day I try to do something good for someone, some word, some deed, some action, some positive impact. And, um, and it's, I would say the last thing that I, I do uh, on a daily basis is send a handwritten note to somebody that either affected me in a positive way or someone that I think could use a word of encouragement. Love it. And I mail it with a stamp. Right. Not an email. Old school, right? <laughs> Total old school. And I can't tell you, Daniel, how many times I get, you know, a text back or a call back saying, you made my day because I don't ever get mail. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's beautiful. Cool. Yeah, that's beautiful. So is there, is there something that you would share with people that, you know, would be like an, uh, you know, a lifelong insight that you've accumulated or discovered over your, you know, uh, history as an entrepreneur um, and in life that you'd like to share with people? Yeah, I think kindness, uh, encouragement, particularly today in our, uh, our virus ridden, um, scenario and, and mm-hmm. current uh, strife is incredibly important. Right. We get so much, not only negativity, but um, just uh, callous nature, particularly in the business world, that the, the direct opposite not only is so refreshing, but also enlightens and feeds your own spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the, the love that you can bring and, and, the, and the joy that you can bring and the kindness that you can bring by just a word or two, I have seen change people's lives as a coach and change family dynamic because good and bad do not happen in a vacuum. They reverberate through time and space. So do good always, if you can. Awesome. I love it. Beautiful. Um, as we 
start to close here, I'm just thinking like, if someone was at a point in their entrepreneurial journey and they're listening to this, right? Or they have a successful business already and they're struggling in a specific area, you know, um, how, one, how would they find out more about you, right? Where would they go to find out? And then I want you to, you know, tape it off with what you would actually recommend they do. Well, I would have, have them hit, hit me up on LinkedIn. Okay. Have a, a very, very large following on LinkedIn and um, a pretty uh, robust uh, profile there. Uh, also to our website is razor-marketing.com. I'm at Peter at razor-marketing.com. And uh, all my contact information is on my LinkedIn profile, my right. phone number, my email, um, awesome. my, my Twitter handle, all right. that good stuff, my Facebook, et cetera. I would, I would absolutely love to hear from all of anybody in your audience, Daniel, in any way I can help them out. Right. Okay. And, uh, and then what would you recommend aside from obviously, you know, it's going to be beneficial for them to contact you. Right. But, um, right. what would you, for the person listening, that's like, what's the next step? What's one thing I could do today to kind of make a difference. Right. I mean, I know you shared, you know, kindness and, and uh, gratitude and all of those things. Right. Yeah. Uh, but what would you recommend they do? I would say, say two things. One, send yourself a beautiful message of love and encouragement because you're worthy and you're worth it. And then do that for somebody in your network, family, friends, or somebody that you feel could use a word of encouragement. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Peter, for taking the time today and sharing your message. And I look forward to uh, seeing more from you and, and uh, staying in touch and maybe potentially working on some projects in the future. Thank you for taking the time. I uh, appreciate you being here. Daniel, it was my honor, my pleasure, and I love what you're doing. Thanks so much. Dude. Appreciate it. We want to thank you for being all in with us on today's episode of the All In Podcast Show. For more information and resources based on today's discussion, as well as ways to connect to our guests, head to allinpodcast.com. That's available exclusively on allinpodcast.com.